0: okay quit your mumbling come on hey let's uh let's kill those lights in the back welcome to rock bible church great all four of you welcome to rock bible church We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community, compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves the greater community. How great of a community do we serve? Like global, international? Okay, good, because we're hosting the global international missions rally. You are. Rock Bible Church. We're the host site this year. 19th annual. Uh, It's run uh, by a bunch of different uh, churches and uh, multi-ethnic. The point guy is a guy named Paul Chung, Pastor Paul Chung. Uh, So 9th and 10th, uh, Saturday, we're here for, I think it's a couple hours, and then Sunday night we're here for like an hour and a half. All the information is on the massive poster in the back, standing poster over there, Uh, There's a few of these. You might want to look at those because you can get a free picture of me. (laughs) And then apparently you can have my cell phone number, which was posted on everything that went out. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) So um, all joking aside and in all uh, seriousness, prayer speakers panel discussion there's even a christian dance team an ethnic christian dance i don't even know what that is so i'm going to come just to see what that is um yeah so uh the head of the southern baptist convention will be here speaking it's 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 a it's a pretty big deal yeah they're everything's here it's live on this stage todo están aquí right Um, So yeah, so uh, it's free. There'll be food, and uh, you'll definitely see some things you've never seen before, and that's great. uh, To and no, I'm not (laughs) going to dance. No, we're moving on. All right. Yeah, no, I shouldn't. All right, let's uh, let's get ready for the sermon. yeah let's go good morning morning. oh welcome to the last day of august (laughs) last sunday in august there's something else going on i think with um, brent and ashley we'll talk about that at the end uh right now we're going to get into why we're here every sunday church is a worship experience amen uh, we've been worshiping through the book of Samuel. We're chapter 27 today, which is good news. It means we've been through 27 chapters. Bad news because it means there's only four left after today. And uh, that's rough. There's good news beyond that, though, because there's a whole other book of Samuel called 2 Samuel that we'll get to at some point. We shall not be going straight into 2 Samuel. We've Samuelified you quite a bit for the last 27 weeks we're gonna jump to the New Testament and do something else for a bit and we'll we'll revisit uh, David and the crew later Uh, but we are uh, in a phase of this book where Daniel is still on the run Saul is still trying to kill him chasing him everywhere David's actually had quite a few close calls with Saul And then he's actually found himself in a couple positions where he could have taken Saul out. Saul goes into a cave. David's hiding in the cave. Saul doesn't know it. Could have snuck up on him. Well, did sneak up on him. Cut off a piece of his robe and said later, hey, here's proof. I had you, dead to rights, and I spared you. And Saul relents for, you know, a cup of coffee And then he goes chasing David again. And uh, they all fall asleep, and David wanders down in the camp, sneaks down and stands over Saul as he's sleeping with his spear right there. And he could have, as Abishar said, pinned him to the earth. (laughs) But he said, no, uh, I'm going to let him live. Takes the spear and the jug of water, goes up a hill and creates some distance, and then he yells down to him, hey, how'd I get your spear and your water jug? I spared you twice. And uh, Saul said, oh yeah, I've sinned. And and he relented. For how long? For a cup of coffee. And now he's after uh, David again. David has been anointed by Samuel. He's been told, you're going to be the king. You are the king. This is God's will moving forward. And Saul's out and the whole thing. And yet, it has failed to happen so far. And we're probably talking about years and years have gone by. And David's still waiting trying to figure out what's going on he's on the run a lot of doubts and things going on and so that's where we find ourselves when we come to first samuel chapter 27 this is a different section of scripture than most and we'll we'll explain that at the end but there's some things that are missing here just think of that as we go through we're going to go through the verses here read them all and then we'll we'll put we'll find some observations at the end that are going to be a little difficult. I think you'll understand as we get through. Ready? No, okay, I'll just keep talking about other random stuff, right? Uh, you know, there's only three things that are guaranteed in life. Used to be just death and taxes. Now, and the Raiders losing. Right, football season's starting to come. Are you guys ready now? Yes. Oh, there we go, you're back, good. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 27, verse 1, here we go. Then David said... In his heart, that's a phrase that we never use. So let's ask, what's going on here? If somebody says something in their heart, give me a way we would say that today. Said to themselves, internal dialogue, what else? They starts with D, ends with I did. They decided. They began to believe. They thought. Okay. Um, This is interesting because David is in a place where after a long time of conflict and running, uh, trying to escape uh, being in dire danger, does that create some questions inside? Will that change the inner dialogue? Absolutely. Let's find out what it's done to him because it's going to shape the passage here. Now, I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul hmm all right who has who has a problem with that yes Claudia high five for you that is disaster thinking what's the problem with this sentence there'll be a test at the end he forgot God what did he forget about God did did he get anointed is he supposed to be king? Yes. Does he know who's in charge? Yes. Yeah, he does. Saul. He's forgotten who's really in charge. But God has a plan. Um, is there some impatience going on? Absolutely. There's another thing going on here. starts with D. Rhy- rhymes with out. It's a really bad word. Doubt. Doubt has... We say sometimes doubt snuck in or, or doubt found its way in. I think doubt knocked down the door here. Doubt's taken over. Um, is Daniel in, in a wrong place mentally? Did I say Daniel? Well, Daniel's really in the wrong place because <laughs> he's not even in this book. So, yeah, that's right. I was reading... Um, I was in Daniel this week, so it had nothing to do with this, so that's for another time. Um, other personal study. Uh, now, I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. Not just that Saul's in charge, but, but what's going to happen to David? He's, he's going to die? And, and it's like, wait a minute, but what's the track record so far? Has he lived so far? Did he have plenty of chances to die? Is he doubting the track record of how well it's gone for so many years, for a really long time? And so you you don't have to doubt anymore. You could just stay and keep doing what you're doing because it's been going really well for years. You don't have to leave or doubt. Brent. (laughs) Sorry, there's going to be a lot of shots at Brent today. Just so you know, some of them will be veiled and some will be full frontal attacks. All right. There's a better place for Saul, for, sorry? God? Uh, no, no, me and God are having fun because he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, but we're just going to have fun with it. Amen? Okay. Um, there's There's better places for David to be. And actually what we're going to see is he's kind of in question within his own person for the rest of the verses in this passage. And you're going to see that play out. Um, So verse, verse sets the tone. There's nothing better for me than that I should escape. Is he running? Yeah. To the land of the Philistines. Now that there's funny. Why is that funny? There's all kinds of places he could escape to. He chooses the Philistines. And that's funny because David has a track record with the Philistines, right? They had a champion that he felled, right? Right. He took out Goliath. Goliath was the champion of the Philistines. Philistines. So you, you think you're going to do better there than you would if you stayed in your own country with your own people? So far God's kept you alive. You, you ever find yourself in a bad place and you make up for it by generating even worse thinking. <laughs> you know I know. I should try this again. I smashed my thumb the first three times, but I should do it one more time just to make sure. Right? This is kind of what's going on with him. Then Saul will despair. Saul will forget me. Saul will stop seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hand. He's looking twice now, use the word. Right? What's he looking to do? He's trying to get out. God has things for you. It's good to make sure you're um, actively trying to engage those things, pursue those things, uh, carefully approach those things, rather than run from them or escape from them. Now, there are times when you need to run, you need to flee. Okay, we find that in Scripture too. But isn't that the battle, the discernment of when should I run and when should I stand my ground and right? So this chapter's difficult because it's hard to say is David. Doing the right thing or the wrong thing? Or is it just middle ground? It's it's tough. Let's see how he handles it. Uh, So David rose, verse 2, went over, he and the 600 men who were with him, to Achish, son of Maok, king of Gath. David lived with Achish of Gath and his men, every man with his household, and David with his two wives, Hinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. And what was told Saul that david had fled to gath he no longer sought him did it work yeah. hey it worked good news all right let's let's throw a party you found a way to escape your land and your people and god's plan and god let it work ooh it worked but was it supposed to you got to be careful what you ask for because it just might happen. Anybody grow up with that phrase? Yeah, my dad used that one on me all the time. Careful what you ask for, you just might get it. You know, I found that to be true in our relationship with the Lord. Have you found that to be true? Hey God, I want kids. (laughs) Careful what you ask for. Hey, I want a church. (laughs) Careful what you ask for. Right? He asked for something and it doesn't work out david said to akish if i found favor in your eyes let a place be given me in the in one of the country towns you know let me put me somewhere just outside of town that i may dwell there <laughs> for why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you you know i, I probably shouldn't hang out with here I'm, I'm a foreigner and i got all these men it's an army it'd probably be better if you just gave me my own land outside of town right um david's into real estate now i guess (laughs) right and watch it works out for him so that day akish gave him ziklag therefore ziklag has belonged to the kings of judah to this day well that worked out sort of now he's got property and the number of the days that david lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months That's what we call a random sentence in scripture. Why do we need to know that? Because he was well established in that area. He's well established here. He used to be well established where? And now he's been gone for a long time. Um, how long can you run, or escape, or avoid God's plan, God's truth? Uh, God's servants trying to engage with you, you can do it for a long time, and then you blink and realize, ah! I missed church for four weeks. Whatever it is, uh, it's dangerous because we can get <laughs> we can get into a pattern, or the other way you say it, you always get into a pattern. So pick your pattern right that might be your sunday service extra right there <laughs> not a fill-in, but it could be you always get a pattern you always get into a pattern pick your pattern what pattern do you want to be in right um is david in a pattern he is so far we're void of who yeah, we haven't heard from him or about him or talked to him yet. Verse 8 Now David and his men went up and made raids against the Geshurites and the Gerzites. Well, of course. All those G countries are bad. Went against the uh, Geshurites and the Gerzites and the Amalekites, the Termites, and the Rainbow Kites. Um, These were the inhabitants of the land from old, as far as sure, to the land of Egypt. This is a reference to when they were trying to leave Egypt. These were the countries that attacked them and fought with them as they were trying to do God's exodus. And so this is probably uh, some kind of statement as to them, God having revenge on them a little bit. They'll spend no more time on it, as you'll see. But David would strike, verse 19, the land and would leave neither man nor woman alive. But would take away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, the garments, even the clothes, and come back to Akish. That's the leader in the Philistines. Um, when Akish asked, Hey, uh, where have you been raiding? So you're coming back with all this stuff, right? What's Akish's question about? Are you, are, you, are you attacking people around us? Not really, but kind of. Watch his answer. David would say, <laughs> David would say, hmm, does that sound like he's about to tell the truth? Nope. It almost sets up that he's going to, little white lie, <laughs> right? David would say, against the Negev of Judah. Now, has he been attacking Judah? No. No, it's just not a white lie at all, is it? It's full blown. <laughs> lie with all the colors in it against the Negev of the Jeremielites and against the Negev of the Kenites and the Barbieites. David would leave neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath thinking lest they should tell about us and say so David has done. If we leave witnesses then there'll be witnesses and we'll find out what he's really up to. Um, Is he killing a lot of people? Do you remember, like, just a couple passages ago, Abigail said, hey, Dave, what are you doing? You put blood on your hands. Why are you doing this kind of stuff? And he had to repent, and she lives because of it, and the ball doesn't do so well. But here he is back shedding blood again. And it's weird because the Scripture doesn't really (laughs) qualify this too much. But such was his custom all the while he lived in the country of the Philistines. There's, a, there's almost like, you know, when you're in Judah, you're doing all the right things. When you're outside of Judah and you're anywhere else, well, you're in the wrong place, and so you're probably doing wrong things. That's the sense of Scripture most often. And that's, I think, what we're supposed to take from this. And verse 12, Achish trusted David, thinking, this was the king there, he has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. Ooh. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Okay. There you go. Twelve verses. Who wants to preach on this? <laughs> where, where do you go with this? Let's make some observations on what is, let's say... Um, a little bit of an obscure passage. What we find for sure is David has a bunch of uh, options going on. He's trying to live in a reality, and he's trying to create some customs. And like I said earlier, you're you're gonna fall into some patterns, or you're gonna find some. You're gonna make some. You're gonna create some patterns. And so choose your patterns wisely. And David, um, at best, is questionable in how he's dealing with his reality and the options that he has. He's he's creating some customs, but not necessarily good ones, right? There's a lot of dead bodies along the road. There's a, a foreign nation that is the sworn enemy of his people and he's making deals with them to the point where the king thinks he's a servant which david is supposed to be servant of god most high and so there's all this weird stuff going on and you know as i read through this and thought oh my goodness what are we going to do on with this on sunday I just started looking at all the different observations of what's really going on in this story. What can we pull out? How is he handling himself in the midst of these options, these choices? Um, what reality is he defining for himself? And the first one is this, that there are other options. And we didn't finish that yet on purpose. Are there always options? Okay. It sounds like three of you grew up with me in my mom's house. The rest of you need to have a session with my mom. Because mom always says, I almost said, said, as past tense, but she's still alive. Praise the Lord. Mom always says, there are always We're all going to say it now. Ready? On three. We're all going to say there are always options. Ready? One, two, three. There are always options. There, I force fed you something. You get to choose how you respond. You get to choose what you say. You get to choose what you think about, where you spend your time, what you spend your money on, what goes on the calendar, where you go, who you go with, how often, and how you respond to the people who don't like any of those choices you just made. There's always an option. There's always, if there's always an option, then there's always another thing. It starts with, ch- there's always choice. You are constantly making choices. This is what David is doing through this thing. And, and notice some of the choices that he, he makes are getting him in trouble. He says, uh, surely I'm going to perish one day by the hand of Saul? I said, that's Doubt right and like I said doubts a problem it um, let's let's go a step further <laughs> we' we'll, we'll, we'll shape this one in the form of a question is doubt a sin no. all those people that just like but bolted out the answer <laughs> they're like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> right it's all the bad. people who just kept their mouths shut they're like I'm glad I didn't say anything. Right? When you're doubting, what are you ultimately doubting? Does He love you? Did He create you? Will He take care of you? Do He have plans for you to uphold you with His righteous right hand? We turn these into like devotional verses that we paint on walls or send to people in emails and things like that. But do we actually believe that God has your back and might want you to go through pain and suffering and learn that patience word for a while to get you to the other side of something better? And instead of doubting, how about we jump right in? I would bet most times we can find that doubt is rooted in or related to some kind of sin. Because we're doubting God somehow. And it might be through osmosis. You're rubbing against it too much. But Dave went there too quickly. Right? When he starts making mistakes, we call him Dave. When he does good things, we call him David, like King David. Right? But instead instead of talking to... Did he talk to God in this? No. He's... His main character is Saul and his, his action then for the doubt is escape. And you know what? We do that too much. I do that too much. There are other options than doubt and escape. Namely, we're at church. I asked the question. Heitzman's not here. There are other options than doubt and escape. Namely, God, Jesus. Read your Bible and pray. Oh my gosh, we're doing a Sunday school class. Do you know why Sunday school classes always do that stuff? Because it works for the less than 1% of the people who actually try it. Wait, that sounded like that was a critique, honey. I think it might have been. What if we talk to God about it? What if David would have even just thought about the track record? What has God done for me so far? What has my journey been up to this point? Am I still breathing? We could start there. You know, that's a great place for all of you to start when you're feeling doubt or feelings or whatever. Are you still breathing? Because I am shocked out of my mind of the people that I used to know who are no longer breathing. I'm still here. Wow. What do you do with that? It's real simple. There must be a reason. Huh. Whose reason would it be? His. What is it? And now you're on a journey again. And maybe now we're staying in Judah. And maybe now instead of killing off and raiding a bunch of people, maybe we're trying to do something a little more beneficial instead he's like oh woe was me what was that grumpy dog in the cartoons way back droopy was it droopy yeah. it'll never work we're all gonna die eeyore. oh is that eeyore it's eeyore and droopy combined <laughs> no uh so my family hates those phrases because i'll i say it sometimes to one of them in particular. We won't mention names to protect the identity of the guilty, but they'll just get all down and doubting and I I just say, yeah, we're all gonna die. (laughs) What's for lunch? (laughs) Let's move on, you know. So um, what are your options when you're doubting, uh, when that thing happens that triggers you? I hate that word. Um, how, how How do you go from Eeyore to Tigger? See what we did there? I think we have to go to poo first. To kind of, you know, not touching. I'm not touching poo. <laughs> um, we have to figure out how how can I look at this positively? What are my proactive, positive, righteous, faithful action items? Make a list. How could I pray specifically for the thing? that has captivated me. And what scriptures can I remember? All things are lawful, but I will be mastered by nothing. Love that. No temptation has come upon me, but such is common to man. And God is faithful and will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I am able, but He will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape that I might endure it. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. What tools, what weapons, some people like tools, I like weapons, what weapons do you have when doubt attacks? Do you do you have um, a dude or a chick that you can call and be like, yo, <laughs> I'm not good, oh really, uh, tell me about it, let's have coffee, or let's go eat, or pray with me over the phone, or what do you think about this? I mean, because you, you better find somebody, a guy, a gal, somebody you can reference, because you, you obviously don't have a pastor. Oh, wait, no, you do. You do. And apparently, you can call him anytime. <laughs> just Just um, for a little housekeeping. I do want everybody in the church to have my cell phone number. Just not everybody in the world. Period. Period. Just not everybody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just not the global audience. All right. So, first one is um, when you think you're out of options, you start daydreaming, getting creative, use your imagination, or get help doing any of the above. All right. Sound good? Sound good? Well, you, one of your options, say yes right now. Okay. Okay. There we go. Number two, um, where are you finding favor? David does something well in this story. He actually he finds a way to find favor. Now, maybe questionable methods, but who's his audience? This king in Felicia uh, of the Philistines, and he. He finds a way to find favor with him. Uh, no no matter what, you're, you can be in a good mood and you can be nice to the person in front of you. You're checking out. You're on the phone with customer service and you actually get a person, not a machine. You don't have to be nice to the machine, by the way. But it might be good practice being nice to the machine for when somebody gets on the phone and you can, how, how do I be favorable? How am I a blessing? Right? Um, because he finds favor and finding favor also builds tr- trust. You, you know what you're doing when you do that? Even if you're in the wrong place, in the wrong country, doing the wrong thing, you are on a slow path back to heart of God. You're in the wrong place, but you're getting back to His character, right? Does God want to favor people? Bless? People? Does He care about people? Yeah, absolutely. And does He want us to trust? Right? What's the other word for It, it starts with F. Faith. faith. He wants us to have faith. In fact, He's given us a... Faith that's based in faith, right? Our relationship with God is based on some fact, but mostly He leaves mystery. There's no written-out equation or book of fourteen hundred chapters on how every moment of everything in your life is supposed to go. It doesn't tell you how many kids you're going to have or how long they are live. Right. At some point, we gotta have some faith. We gotta figure out how to build. Can we put trust up there? Ding. Um, because this helps us see things the way God sees them. Because when you get back to the heart of God, when you get back to the character of God, you start to evaluate based on different things. What What's He using to evaluate? I'm in danger. Saul doesn't like me. I could be safer in Felicia, even though I killed Goliath. I mean, he's, he's using faulty, irrational thinking. Well, how do, how do you get back to rational? Fruits of the Spirit? Think like God, act like God. What would Jesus do? All of those kind of things. You, you've got to start a new cycle. I believe we called it earlier in the lesson a pattern. You have to pick your pattern and figure out how am I going to create a new custom in my current reality? All right, so you see Now we know what, where the title came from. Um, but we see that uh, at least twice talks about finding favor and building trust verses 5 and verses 12. And then lastly, lastly, where's God? I'm reading through this story and I'm I got to talk to people about God on Sunday. <laughs> down. There's where's God in this passage? Where's God in your life? <laughs> Oops. That didn't go where we wanted it to go. When when God is void of the passage, really God is void of David's life right now. Is has he mentioned the priest or the prophet? No. He's talked about in other passages. He tells the guy, "Hey, go get the ephod." We're going to reference God right now. Hey, God, should I go down or should I stay? Should I do? That? There's none of that in here. We got passages where he says, "And David inquired of the Lord." He sent for Samuel, or he ran down to Samuel. Samuel, what? all of a sudden, Samuel's off the scene, and it's like, oh no. Samuel's gone. My representation of what I thought God was in my life has changed, and therefore he must be gone. Or I'm guessing, rather than him making a conscious decision that God's gone, he's just gotten into a different pattern of, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't need to. Where's Where's all our church attenders pre-COVID? I, I can watch online. Stop going to church. They can, you know, kind of. Do their own thing. I can order my stuff on Amazon. I can sit at my house. I can be isolated, and all of a sudden we start coming out of it, and they wonder why they're not doing well, and they're struggling, and they're depressed, or, or you're struggling at work, or, or where? It's like, hey, wh- how about you re-engage, get out of that pattern of where's God? This is a great question to have an answer for. Uh, I, what do you mean, Scott? What do you mean? having a question for where is God? Well, how would you answer that question? Not because it's a silly fill-in on a Sunday morning from a loudmouth windbag. But like, where, where does God exist in your life? Like, how do you check in with Him? What influence does He have over what? Wait, well, That sounded like the same thing. You just said it two different ways. No, no. How much influence does He have over what things well you know i i say grace before some of my meals god is great and god is good and we thank him for our food okay pass the peace. really that was your prayer now if that's your prayer to keep you in the pattern of prayer so that you can create a new pattern great but at some point we want to move on to something a little bit better than that well, I'll let God be involved, but only to this much. I want to have control. Okay. David wants to have control through this whole thing. It's going to get weirder. Next chapter. I'll see you next week. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. I hope that's exciting for you and makes you want to read the chapter before we even get there next week. Hey, there's an idea that helped help you create a pattern. But where is God for David? It's, he's almost non-existent. Now whose fault is that? God's or David's? We'll call him Dave right now, right? Dave, wake up, right? What's the problem for you with that realization that we just made? If you can't answer that question... Whose fault is it? It's yours? I don't know if I like Scott. He kind of gets on me, pokes me with... Sometimes I feel like someone needs to take a knife out of my back. You know. Well, like so here's the deal. Um, do you have people in your life that you could reference with God? Do you have a Bible? Have you ever said, dear Lord, and followed it up? Something other than God is great and God is good? it was a good place to start though but what if you changed up the next line and it didn't rhyme because you got creative what if you were so stuck you had no idea what to pray and you just said okay I'm going to take the alphabet what could I pray about starts with the letter A Uh, feel antagonistic right now God is that a good prayer Okay, sweet. B, God, you really need to help (laughs) Berglund. He's a mess. All right. C, I need to confess. D, uh, I've had some doubts. E, everything in my life is going poorly, God. Right? That's a good prayer. Why? Because you said you're not connecting with God. I say you're finally talking. We gotta find ways to be able to answer that question, right? I thought it would be kind of snarky to put verse any question. <laughs> there, can you find a reference to God in there anywhere? They're all dark references. <coughs> You're making friends with his enemies. You're swearing allegiance to a foreign king. You're putting your trust in wrong places. Do we do that with politics? Yeah. Oh, sure do. Do you do that with relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, do you know what um, we do it with too? I meet with people and they're freaked out about money. I'm like, I have a solution. Move to Florida, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Um. You got to start coming up with more options. Right? Back to number one more options for what you're doubting and what you're escaping to. Well, I think you got to escape and run off to Florida. Or how about this one? When your friend, when your best buddy takes off and goes to Florida, you have options for how you view that. Amen? One of them is you ask, where's God in this? And you end up coming up with good answers. Then you feel better about it, right? And I can then start to figure out, well, I don't like it, but how can I find some favor in this or build some, how can I be a blessing, whatever? How can I think positively Won't have to see that one pink shirt he wears anymore. There's some some benefits to it, right? We get to pick. There are always options and you always have a choice because you get to create your customs. Just make sure you're doing it in reality. And there's only one reality. It's his. I'm beginning to think that this book is more and more about reality. And knowing how to define it, identify it, recognize it when it sneaks up and bites you. Amen? Amen? All right. If you've been asking that question, where's God your whole life, that can end today. He's right here. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to send you a helper. And if you ask him, we'll come in. And you can have God in your heart. We sometimes call it being born again. We're receiving the Spirit. we got a lot of funky words for it. One I like is Jesus follower or Christian. You can ask for that and receive it free of down payment. And then you get to see what the investment looks like and the return on it as you go beyond. God, I want you in my life from this day forward. It's a great easy prayer. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, thanks for this morning, and thanks for obscure passages sometime and watching how you work in ways that we're less than used to and definitely uncomfortable with. I pray, Lord, You'd help us to be in the practice of engaging with You, asking You questions, getting around people that do. We want to be centered on You. We want to know Your truth. And we thank You for anybody who's deciding that today. Pray for those who are already Christians, but they have options or things they've been doubting, and they're they're doing a little work. Lord, I pray you would do that work with them. Give them specific answers, ways that they can approach it coming out of this room today. May you guide them and guide us all. Pray, Lord, for this offering that we're about to receive. Pray you would guide it as well. And as we receive it, there'd be no one with any negative emotion. They'd be free of that and just enjoy what we get to do as we worship you. We pray this in your son Jesus' name, amen. May you create a custom in His reality. Amen? Amen. That's not in Florida.